turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. If you have your Bibles or if you have the YouVersion app on your phones, feel free to pull that out. It'll also be up on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I think a lot of times we forget that we're really going through battles like that all the time and we don't even realize it. I think there's times that we are attacked, beat down, discouraged, and we don't even realize that that is what is going on around us. Today I want to talk about what God does in our life and how he equips us to face the enemy, because we do have an enemy. So, to start out, the first thing we have to do if we are going to face our enemy is we have to recognize our enemy. If you don't know who you're fighting against, you can't fight against him. So, please go to Ephesians. We're going to jump around a lot. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6, verse 12. And this is going to be our text for today, but we'll be returning to it shortly. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I think there's a lot of times as we go through life that we experience something that's horrible and lame and not something we ever wanted to face. And we blame the person who did it to us. That person who has treated us poorly or cruelly, whether it's a boss or a family member, a friend from high school or college, but people have treated us poorly and we are angry with them and they deserve to pay because they have treated us so bad. This is a reminder that we are not fighting against one another. We are fighting against the devil's evil schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Satan is here and he is on the prowl. We've got to recognize that, step one. Step two, we have to recognize his tactics. If we want to be prepared to stand against him, we have to know how he's coming at us. Go to John chapter eight, verse 44. John eight, 44 says this, and this is Jesus speaking to Pharisees and other religious leaders who are not recognizing him as Messiah. You belong to your father, the devil. So don't ever believe if someone says Jesus is just nice and cuddly and he always said loving things. Well, he said loving things, but he spoke truth. And sometimes that truth was hard. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan's primary tactic 
lies. So first one, deception. Deception. And I think a lot of times he attacks us because he wants us to believe things that are not true about us. When I was growing up, my brother John, type A leader, he was a leader. And I looked at him and I said, man, John's a leader. I'm just a goob. I'm a clown. I like to make people laugh. I'm silly. I can really like contort my face in weird ways. Those are my skills. And my brother John, leader. I want to be like him, but I can't because I'm not a leader. That's what Satan spoke to me. And I believed it for a long time. And it wasn't until I was at the Focus on the Family Institute that a professor there looked at me and said, Jeremy, you, you know you're one of the leaders of this class? And I said, there's, there's 88 of us from around the nation here, and you're saying that I am? Pot's not even legal yet, friend. <laughs> what? What? It was shocking to me. Satan lies to us about ourselves so that we do not believe that we can be anything God wants us to be. He lies to us. Second thing he does is he likes to cause division. Has there ever been, and we talked about this a little bit already, has there ever been anyone that you're mad at at church? Anyone that you've ever been like, they call themselves a Christian? You know what I saw them doing? Or you know what I heard? I heard that they were doing And we believe stuff about one another because Satan knows that if he can get the body of Christ to lie about or believe untruths about one another, we are not walking together in unity and we are not a strong force for the kingdom. We are a backbiting, fighting congregation. I think God says to us, don't believe the lies of Satan. Don't believe stuff you hear about someone else. It very easily could not be true. Go to that person and say, this is what I'm hearing. Maybe it's true. Then we have stuff we have to do. But lots of times it's not. And we believe stuff that is not true about anyone else. God calls us to love one another. And in that loving one another, they will know him. Let's love as he calls us to. Deception, division, diversion. Does anyone have a really cool, small computer-like device in their pocket? <laughs> Some of us do. I also have one of these magical devices. And sometimes it distracts me, as my wife reminds me of. Thank you. Distracts me from things I should be doing. I don't ever stand in line now and look around. If I'm standing in line, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to take like a minute and a half. We're distracted all the time by tons of different things. And we allow it to cause us to not walk with Jesus as closely as we're called to. I read this in a book recently, and it was very eye-opening to me. What day of the week was Adam created on? Go to Genesis if you need to. Friday, 
the sixth day. Friday, the sixth day, God made it Adam. Now, what did, what happened on the seventh day? He rested. So God created Adam, and then the first thing he did was rest. If we want to do anything for God work-wise, which again, from last week, not of ourselves, it's the fruit that he bears through us. If we want to do anything good work for God, we've got to rest first. First human ever rested before he worked. We are called to do the same thing. We have to rest in Jesus. And what Sabbath was, was a time to rest, worship, spend time communing with God, abiding in him. And the more we do that, the more we are prepared to go into battles that we face. But it is very hard to stand if we have not rested. It's very hard to stand if we are not abiding. Okay? So Satan knows that if he can divert us and help us to focus on even good things, right? Are there things that we do that are volunteer, or if we're in high school, we do sports. We do a lot of good things with our time. They're huge blessings, but if they are taking us away from spending time with our Father like we're supposed to, we need to stop, because we are not going to be prepared when the battles come, and they will come, just like the cybugs. They will come. Recognize the enemy. Recognize his tactics. Third, recognize when the battle starts. Recognize when the battle starts. I introduced this book to you last week. Um, it is The Wonderful Spirit-Filled Life by Charles Stanley, and I have a quote I want you to read from that book. The battle begins not with the temptation to do something, but with the temptation to dwell on anything that conflicts with what is true. The battle begins not with the temptation to do something, but with the temptation to dwell on anything that conflicts with what is true. Most of the time, we recognize temptation in the struggle to walk with God here where we think the battle is happening. The battle happened months, weeks, years before when we chose to believe a lie. When God called us to do something different and we said, Ah, oh, no, it's okay if I, if I look at that. I'm not intentionally choosing to go look at something. But, oh, it just comes across, it's okay to look at. Or, no, it's okay if I just take a little bit of this money. It's not a big deal. Or even when we're kids, right, we go, oh, it's, a, it's just a Tootsie Roll. When we believe things that are not true here, and there's no temptation going around when we get to the big, tough battles, we've already agreed with Satan ages ago. The battle starts back there. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If you find that you are dwelling on things that you know are not of God, Satan is attacking then. 
because it all starts in our mind because our actions come from what we believe. So we have to ask God to help us always recognize the lies of Satan so that we are prepared for any battle at any point, any day. Recognize the enemy. Recognize his tactics. Recognize when the battle starts. When we have done those things, we are able to stand because God is with us. And God has done the work already. He's won the victory already. Go to Colossians chapter 1, 13. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. It says this. For he has rescued, this is being Jesus, for Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Can I read that again? For he, Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. He's done it already. He did it on the cross. Romans 6 says that we are no longer slaves to sin. Does that mean that we will never sin again? No. It does mean that we won't be slaves to it anymore. He has won the victory already. Now we will go to our text for today. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And as we read this, I want you to notice two things. First off, I want you to notice how many times it says to stand and if it calls us to attack. How many times does it tell us to stand and does the scripture tell us to attack? Verse 10, chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I believe the evil arrows are the lies that Satan is constantly shooting at us about our brothers and sisters in Christ, about Jesus's view of us, about who we are as children of God. Satan is constantly striving to pepper us with lies. And God has given us the shield of faith to extinguish them. We get to stand on God's truth. We get to say, Satan, I know you're saying this and it looks like it's true, but you're a liar and this is what's true and I'm gonna stand on it. I'm gonna stand on God's truth regardless if I feel like it's true or not. I'm gonna stand. Verse 17, 
Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. A couple things there at the end. The only thing that is an attack is the word of God. So if you are struggling in some type of temptation or if you recognize, if, say, if Satan is peppering you with lies and you are recognizing right now that God is saying, don't believe that, this is true, stand on God's word. Memorize scripture about that struggle, about that lie that Satan is trying to get you to believe and say, no, I believe the truth. I'm standing with God. How did it? Jesus combat Satan when he was tempted in the desert. He spoke scripture back to him. God's word, the only thing we attack with. Everything else, we just have to stand our ground. If you think in military terms, you're always trying to advance. Jesus advanced 2,000 years ago and he kicked Satan to the curb. He did it then and we just get to stand there and go, We won already, bucko. Suck it. Kind of intense about this one, sorry. So, the other thing that this scripture ends with, I'm going to read verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the saints. When we pray, who does that remind us of? Who does that remind us of who, that reminds us of who, got, who is in control? It's not on our shoulders. We don't have to fight this battle. Jesus did it already. We get to stand there and say, you lost already, Satan. Jesus won it, and I'm going to stand on his truth. So when we pray, it brings us into that state of submission where we're not striving on our own. And instead, we are living in a state of dependence on God. Last verse. Go to James chapter 4. So what happens when we live this way? What happens when we are able to extinguish the arrows and lies that Satan's been throwing at us, possibly our whole lives? And the, some of those lies have become embedded in our hearts and minds. What happens when we are able to extinguish them and stand? James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves to God. Make him first. Follow him. Abide in him. Ask him to change you because he's the change agent Ask him to do the work. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you because he can't do anything else. He can't. He can sit there and go, hmm, I'm going to get him someday, Gadget. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants, but he has to turn off and flee because Jesus is standing behind us, flexing. And we don't have to fear. We do not have to fear and we do not have to live in submission 
to the liar of this world. We live in submission to Christ, and with him, we have the victory. Amen.